At a time where people may feel society is divided, we celebrate the joining of two of the biggest promotions in professional wrestling, AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling's Forbidden Door. I make my predictions next on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. My name is Michael Valenti. I'll start off quickly by going through the pre-show. There's three matches on there. I'm going with Max Caster and the Gun Club going over the Young Lions of Alex Coughlin, Kevin Knight, the DKC, and Yuya Uimara. I'm going with Chaos, Hiroki Goto, and Yoshihashi over the Factories, QT Marshall, and Aaron Solo. And I'll go with Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee going over Suzuki Goons, uh, Kanemaru, and El Desperado. Now we go to the main card. There are nine matches on this main card. I'll start with the non-title matches first. Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuta, and Shota Imuno going up against Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Monaro Suzuki. I think this really is the, I guess you could say, go-home match to Blood and Guts. I think the decision in this match will heavily affect what the outcome of Blood and Guts is this coming Wednesday on AEW Dynamite. We know Kingston and Yuta, part of the Blackpool Combat Club. Jericho and Sammy Guevara, part of Jericho Appreciation Society. And this whole tie-in with Suzuki Goon all of a sudden to try to get Suzuki on the card. You got Shota Imino, who... For those that don't know, was the young lion of John Moxley when John Moxley first came to New Japan Pro Wrestling and had his United States Championship win over Juice Robinson, had a great run in the G1 Climax. Then he had to drop that title because of a tsunami. And since then, Umino and Moxley have not really reunited. And this was really a chance to reunite these guys for the first time since. But we haven't had that moment, at least on television. Maybe Moxley shows up for this match, but I think he's got bigger things to worry about, so he probably won't be in there. But because of that time with Moxley, I do think he'll be involved in the decision. I think Shoda will be the one that gets pinned by Chris Jericho in this match in a fun little six-man tag, maybe even to start the show of Forbidden Door. Next up, we have an eight-man tag. We have Sting, Darby Allin, LIJs, Shingo Takagi, and Hiromo Takahashi going up against the Young Bucks and Bullet Clubs, El Fantasmo, and Hikaleo. Now, we've seen Hikaleo on AEW. You may have seen El Fantasmo on Impact Wrestling, and of course, you've seen the Young Bucks. You, Of course, you've seen Sting and Darby Allin. If you're an AEW fan that has not seen either Shingo Takagi or Hiromu Takahashi, I highly recommend seeing both of these guys. They're two of the best junior heavyweights New Japan Pro Wrestling has to offer. Shingo Takagi actually is a guy that can work with both junior heavyweights and heavyweights. You look at him and you're like, that dude is not a junior heavyweight, but technically... He is because he's, I think, 204 pounds. So technically is a junior heavyweight, but the man is stiff as hell. If there's a match that I would recommend before Forbidden Door, it's Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay. That is an incredible match. And Hiromu Takahashi is probably New Japan's best junior heavyweight that consistently works in the in the junior heavyweight division. He just recently lost, though, the junior heavyweight championship match to another member of the Bullet Club, Taijeri Ishimori, who, you know, is also part of the Bullet Club, as I mentioned, and they go back and forth a lot. So there's a lot of, you know, animosity between the two factions in New Japan, LIJ and Bullet Club. So... There's tie-ins to both storylines here, and I love that they're doing that here on this card for this match. I do think, though, 
Sting, Darby, Shingo, and Hiromu are going to get the win because I think this is going to further the storyline that we see in AEW with Sting and Darby Allen, who are feuding with Red Dragon and the Young Bucks, where maybe we see Sting and Darby because they pin one of the Bucks get an AEW World Tag Team Championship match. Does it happen on a pay-per-view? I don't think so, but definitely an episode of Dynamite. So I'm going with Sting, Darby, Shingo, and Hiromu for this one. Next up, we have the mystery opponent of Brian Danielson's choosing going up against Zack Sabre Jr., who is regarded by many that have seen him as one of, if not the best technical wrestlers in the world. Brian Danielson also being part of that discussion. Unfortunately, like many other people on this card, the injury bug has bit him, has, has been plaguing this AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling Forbidden Door card for many, many people. He being the latest one that announced this past Wednesday on Dynamite, he's not going to be at the show. He's not going to be uh, wrestling at Blood and Guts either. So the replacement of his choosing is going to be someone that you'll be astounded at what he does in AEW. So... Obviously, I think this means whoever it is, is a new signing for AEW. Does that mean it's someone that is required a massive announcement or a huge announcement? No, and I don't think that's what Danielson was alluding to. I do think the person that is going to take that role is someone that not a lot of people know. I don't think it's going to be Gargano. I don't think it's going to be Cesaro. It's going to be someone that those that really follow independent wrestling and all the different promotions out there in the world have their eye on and have talked about, but maybe those that only stick to the bigger promotions like a WWE, AEW, and maybe even New Japan Pro Wrestling won't know who this is. I know the name Nick Wayne has been getting thrown around there. I personally don't know him that much. I know the name. I've heard of the name Nick Wayne. I personally haven't seen any matches with him to really give my opinion on the guy. But if he's the one, I, from what I hear, this guy would be a really good selection for Brian Danielson. I mean, he has been a guy that's name has been thrown out there in the independent scene. So I'll say he's the one that's in this spot. I do think, though, he's not going to win. I think Zack Sabre Jr. still gets the win here because even if it's a quote-unquote unknown to many fans, he still will have a good showing, but Zack Sabre Jr. is not putting this guy over, and I don't think really has to, especially if he's going to be regarded as one of the best technical wrestlers, and people want that Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. match. So, yeah, until that match happens, Zack Sabre Jr. has to win in front of the AEW fan base. Now we go over to the championship matches on the card, starting with the only one that's not going to involve New Japan Pro Wrestling whatsoever because they don't have a women's division, and that is Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm. And I guess technically because the company that owns New Japan also owns Stardom, they could have put someone from Stardom on this card. Nonetheless, we still have AEW versus AEW in this regard, and they've been building this match up a little bit for the last month. Better than what we saw with Thunder Rosa's last match with Serena Deeb. And we've seen Rosa save Storm. We've seen Storm save Rosa. And a couple stare downs. So at least there's something there. There's other matches on this card I think people are more excited about than this one. But I still think this is going to be a good match regardless. Tony Storm, for the most part, has been one of the better built former WWE talent to come to AEW and get a strong push from the get-go. So I 
I think she has a good match here. I don't think she wins this match. I think Thunder Rosa retains, and I think there's more that Thunder Rosa has to do with this AEW Women's Championship before she drops it. So I'm going with Thunder Rosa in a very good match. I hope they get some time with this. I know there's a lot of matches on this card, so if they get at least 12 minutes, I'd be happy with that, and I think a lot of people would be too, and I think it gives them enough time to have a good match when there's so many other great matches on this card. One match that I think is going to be an absolute slobber knocker as Jim Ross will call it the all Atlantic championship fatal four way to crown the first champion pack Miro originally going to be Tomohiro Ishii but due to an injury you know plaguing him Clark Connors takes his spot and Malachi Black all I could say is this match is going to be stiff it's going to be hard hitting it's going to be physical whatever of those words you want to use and it's going to be fun to watch. I cannot wait for this. I think the contrasting styles of all four of these guys are going to be great while also providing some similarities in each of these four. It's just going to be great. Miro has to win this match though. The momentum that he has so far coming out of, you know, his hiatus from AEW, I think the story that they're playing with him as trying to get back at God for plaguing him with the neck injury that cost him the TNT championship a few months back from Sammy Guevara. It, it, he's just been hitting it out of the park so far. He has to win this title match. I don't know who he pins though. I, if I were to guess, I'd say Clark Connors, even though he's the only new Japan representative in this match, it is an AEW title. So you don't want Merrill pinning pack. You don't want him pinning Malachi black Go with Connors. I think that's a safe bet there. Next up, I think is probably the most polarizing match on this card because you have those that are going to say it's going to be a great match, possibly match of the night, possibly a show stealer. And you have those that are going to say that this is a complete waste of time. How can they do this to Will Ospreay? How can they you know, let Orange Cassidy be the one that goes for the U.S. championship when there's so many other people in AEW to choose from. Those that are on the latter side of that opinion, just remember the match that Orange Cassidy had with Pac because that is, I think, the way they're going to approach this match too because while I think at this point, if you are not on the Orange Cassidy train, I don't think you're ever going to jump on it. But I think you have to at least admit Orange Cassidy plays his role well and has good matches with the best of the best that AEW has to offer. He's had good matches with Omega. He's had good matches with Pac and Chris Jericho and Adam Cole. So why should we say that this match isn't going to be good? Now, do I think that because of that, Orange Cassidy actually stands a chance to win the IWGP US title from Will Ospreay? No, I don't. I think Osprey still wins this match because there's still a story to tell in New Japan Pro Wrestling because Osprey technically did not beat the previous champion to get the title because at Dominion it was supposed to be a triple threat match, but the champion Juice Robinson had appendicitis, didn't get to the match, refused to go to the match, and had to vacate that title because New Japan is very strict with their championship rules. If you can't get to the match that you're scheduled for, you're stripped of that title. It happened with Moxley when he had to vacate the U.S. title because he couldn't get there because of a, a tsunami. You know, so, I mean, New Japan's strict with that. So I think the story eventually leads to Osprey versus Juice Robinson. I would have loved this to be a, a match on the card where it was just Juice versus Osprey, but that's not the case. 
I wouldn't be surprised, though, because if Juice comes in after the match to attack Will Ospreay, given, you know, he is at least engaged, I believe. Maybe they got married. I'm not 100% sure on that. Uh, to Tony Storm. So there's that tie in there. Next up, the Tag Team Championship match for the Ring of Honor and IWGP Tag Team titles. FTR, the Ring of Honor champions. Jeff Cobb and Great O'Conn of the United Empire, the IWGP Tag Champs. And Rapongi Vice, Trent Beretta, and Rocky Romero. This one, I, I think with a lot of fans out there, are, was originally... 100% on FTR. FTR is winning this. They're going to be belt collecting all the titles, eventually going to collect AEW's world titles too. And they're basically going to be the Kenny Omega of the tag team division. But then I saw a comment right before I started recording um, our AEW Dynamite review. And the question was, because of the politics in the Mexican promotions, AAA and CMLL, would that prevent FTR from winning the IWGP Tag Team Championships? For those that are unfamiliar with these politics, as we know, FTR are the AAA Tag Team Champions. Right now, Andrade is not allowed to be on this show because his affiliation with AAA, and they, you know, there's, you know, CMLL works with New Japan Pro Wrestling, and CMLL is a rival promotion of AAA, a lot of which, you know, similar to WWE and AEW. So they, you know, guy that, say New Japan was working with WWE and AEW was like, no, nope, we're not going to let our guy work or whatever the case may be. Same, same situation here. So does AAA or CMLL have a problem with FTR winning the IWGP Tag Team Championships while also holding the AAA Tag Team Championships? That's a very interesting question. And because of that, I don't think FTR ends up winning this. What ends up happening is I think Rapongi Vice wins the match and unify, uh, I shouldn't say unify, but wins the titles. They take both our Ring of Honor and IWGP Tag Titles and then eventually drops the FT, the Ring of Honor titles back to FTR while hanging on to the tag team titles of IWGP, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and they do their matches in New Japan Pro Wrestling and stay off AEW TV for a while until they drop them and then they come back. Or at least Tramparetta comes back, whatever you want to do with that. But I don't think FTR will be involved in the decision. I think whether it's Romero or Trent will pin either Cobb or Great O'Conn in that regard just to keep FTR protected in this possibly political situation. Now, we have the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship next, and there was a lot of back and forth in this situation, basically because Tony Khan didn't know, Gato didn't know. Nobody really knew the situation of Okada because he does have the birth of his first child coming soon that could have pre prevented him from being on this show. Of Forbidden Door, but he is here. He showed up on AEW Dynamite, and it became official that it's a fatal four-way. Jay White, Kazuchika Okada, Hangman Page, and Adam Cole for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. I think this is going to be a great match. I know Okada and Jay White can have great matches, and if you don't believe me, go watch their match that they just had at Dominion a couple weeks ago. Hangman Page and Adam Cole, we know they can have great matches together, so I think the combination of these, these four is going to make out to be a great match. And because of how this was booked and the information that we know now where 
Okada was supposed to be here, but weren't sure. So they had to do this kind of backup booking. And now that he's here, they lump this fatal four way together. Here's where we are. I do think they are going to put the title back on Kazuchika Okada. He could go back to New Japan Pro Wrestling holding that title during the G1. And maybe Jay White either beats Okada during the G1 or wins the G1. And we see this match again at Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know. But I think right now that may be the plan for New Japan Pro Wrestling. So I'm going with Okada to win this match. I think it's going to be a fun match regardless of who wins. I don't see anybody in AEW winning this match unless they do a title swap. Now we head to the main event. John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Three years in the making for this one. Ever since John Moxley left WWE, he's had his eyes on Hiroshi Tanahashi. He tried to go to New Japan Pro Wrestling, and for some reason, this match just never happened. They were on opposite sides of the G1 Climax when Moxley was in it. They... Never challenge each other for a title. When Moxley was at Wrestle Kingdom, he was, you know, defending the IWGP United States Championship while Hiroshi Tanahashi was challenging Chris Jericho for a shot at the AEW World Championship. And pandemics, tsunamis, whatever the case may be, this match just hasn't happened. And now because of Forbidden Door and some weird things happening, you know, CM Punk getting hurt and uh, a match against a Battle Royal winner and Hiroshi Tanahashi having to face Hiroki Goto at Dominion, this match is finally set. And it's going to be a good match regardless. Now, because I have Okada winning the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, I don't see the AEW championship going to new japan pro wrestling especially because it's an interim championship it makes absolutely no sense to have that title leave to go to new japan pro wrestling the g1 climax is happening so it's not like the title is going to be defended during the next couple months while cm punk is going to be out with injury and you have to choose what match is going to be better for aew when that unification match happens. Is it going to be Tanahashi or is it going to be Moxley? You could say Tanahashi might have the better match technically and in ring wise, but for AEW business wise, whether it's on TV, it will get a better rating if it's punk versus Moxley, or it ends up on a pay-per-view like all out. It's going to sell more pay-per-views. I believe if it's John Moxley and CM Punk instead of CM Punk and Hiroshi Tanahashi. I love Hiroshi Tanahashi. I think he's definitely one of the best wrestlers in New Japan Pro Wrestling, maybe even the world, but I just don't see the reason to give the title to Hiroshi Tanahashi, even on an inter- especially on an interim basis, because if you do that, you're essentially doing the same thing WWE's doing with Roman Reigns right now, where that title is just not on TV and not getting defended for an X amount of months until eventually it happens and then gone again until CM Punk returns. So I'm going with Moxley on that one, but let me know what your predictions are in the comments below or tweet us at SCPB podcast. Enjoy forbidden door. And if you're an international fan, I have a link in the description. It's an affiliate link to buy the pay-per-view. We'll see you on the next episode of the squared circle cycle babble.